Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, I, the one talking to you. John 4, verses 25 and 26. Jesus tells the Samaritan woman at the well that he is the Messiah. This woman who has to fetch water at the heat of the day to avoid the gossiping villagers, the sinner who's shunned by her neighbors, the one who has had many husbands and currently a live-in boyfriend. Jesus knows all about her life, yet chooses to tell her who he is. Max Lucado in his book Six Hours One Friday says of this story, Suddenly the insignificance of her life was swallowed by the significance of the moment. God is here. God has come. God cares for me. That is why she grabbed the first person she saw and announced her discovery. I just talked to a man who knows everything I ever did, and he loves me anyway. The disciples offered Jesus some food. He refused it. He was too excited. He'd just done what he does best. He'd taken a life that was drifting and given it direction. He was exuberant. I used to tell my children, you can feel how much I love you, and God loves you more. Sometimes I need to be reminded that God loves me with all my faults in my most unlovable moments. More often, though, I need to be reminded that my wrapping myself around him, following wherever he goes, accepting his gift, stammering my praise with amazement, makes him exuberant. This is the hard part, but it has to be true. Otherwise, why would he have bothered doing something for me I couldn't do for myself? Dying for my sins to make heaven a reality, not just a dream. Continue to be awed by God's love for you this Lent. Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel the preconceived ideas many have about what educating our children at home looks like. For some, it's school. For me, it's my fulfillment as a wife and mother. I crafted a lifestyle that'll leave me knowing without a doubt that I gave my all and I'm at peace with the Lord. Over the years, I've spoken to a wide range of mothers and fathers who not only place the responsibility of child rearing above their highest joy, but have also found they don't have to venture far from the kitchen table in order to find wholeness within themselves. Going against what everyone expects us to do in order to unleash the fount of happiness takes courage. You have to work at your own heart issues to find out how you can pursue your passions and live your dreams. God has equipped you with everything you need to live your life fully. It's all within. So listen up while I spout on about how I've jumped in and out of my box, gaining insights and delights along the way that I'm happy to share with you. I enjoy the diversity of the culture we call homeschooling, an umbrella term embracing the learning that takes place outside the traditional education arena and inside all of us. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, always busy and sometimes frustrating. But for me, it starts and ends with God. The beauty 
beauty of his creation, a smiling face, the rising moon, a rousing piece of music, or a simple hug. After the first break, I'll be talking to best-selling author Alison Botkey, who has been on my radar since I read her book, Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Children. Among other things, we'll be identifying the difference between enabling and helping and looking at her six steps to sanity, something all parents are keen to do but may, may not have a clue where to start. So stay and listen to this risk-taking and entrepreneurial woman after the first break. If you pop by, I'd offer you a cup of tea to fortify this time together and an oven fresh scone with strawberry jam to tickle your taste buds. And thank you for staying. But I understand you're on that side. And I'm over here broadcasting from Hideaway Lake today for my last time. I'm all set. So grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNennies, where the big move is all set for tomorrow. Affordable health care is on its way. My struggle with mindfulness, especially with the the dust in the house is driving me crazy. So are you ready? There is a bit of a cloud over the house, both physically and figuratively at the moment. I haven't seen the sun for three days and the reality of the move is settling in. And although none of us have felt rushed, the last few weeks have simply disappeared. Boxes have made an appearance in the living areas and we look as though something's afoot. Dorts came for a few hours on Monday to lay claim to some kitchen utensils and dishes for her single flat dwelling that looms on the horizon. My children are nothing but prepared. Dorts says it saves her from stressing at the last minute. My oldest is heading to L.A. in June. We'll be in Florida and we'll miss setting her up in her new apartment as we've done with the others where she lives with our oldest son. However, she is very capable and will manage all right. But as she says, it would be better if you were here. She left with a lot of food from the pantry and instructions to us to pack up the things she'd selected and pop them in our storage unit if we have room. Well, we do. I have one or two more walks, and I'm sorry to miss the full blooming of the trees in a month or so. For the moment, they're still bare with only the odd bud in sight. Blossom is out, although it was affected by the sudden freeze a few weeks back, and daffodils are still around. I saw some crocuses and some scattered blue bonnets. The priest at our church is boasting the earliest roses in East Texas, and he's right. His bushes in front of the church are blooming, with a little help from his chickens he confided when we went to say goodbye earlier this week. All told, this may have been what we've been looking forward to for the last few months, but it's a whole phase of our lives coming to an end. Hideaway has been a McNenny family tradition for 28 years. God really is working on simplifying my life, isn't he? I was approved for health insurance after my long ordeals on the phone last week. I made a few more phone calls and pretty much found out that Dortz needs to go to a free clinic and state hospitals for her care unless she can afford the catastrophic insurance offered at almost $200 a month, which is a lot of money for her, and obviously she can't afford it. Afford it. The point of the system was to provide affordable health care insurance for those who were underemployed and struggling financially. And I wondered at the time how affordable was being defined for a month and really what's changed for folks like Dorts. I mean, they had to go to free clinics and state hospitals before. I thought the idea was to bring them into the fold so they could enjoy the health care those of us who could afford it received. 
it'll be interesting to watch how the year fares with all the changes. My ID card and bill are in the mail. And I asked if I could go online and pay my bill. And the agent said, well, yeah, once I had my policy number, which he couldn't get because his computer system was down. Apparently, I will still receive a paper bill, though, which I don't want. He said he'd heard through the grapevine that they may be switching to paperless billing later, but don't hold my breath. This is an international insurance company, a bit behind the times. And where else are they wasting my money and causing our care to skyrocket? In all this turmoil this week, I try to make every moment of my time here at Hideaway count. Now that I know what the next few months are going to look like, I am more willing to relax and savor my last few days. Being fully present has been my catchphrase for March, but every now and again my energy flags and I get distracted from the mindfulness wagon. When I'm going to have one of those days... It always starts first thing in the morning. I'll select my class from Yoga Glow, get on my sticky mat and be into it a good 10 minutes when distraction hits and I lose focus. <sighs> this isn't working for me today, I usually say out loud between breaths. But I press on in plank and I shape my body into warrior and side angle postures and being held for grueling minutes today it seems. Time is just going so slowly. So I offer myself alternatives. I could switch instructors, but then that would be a waste of the 10 minutes I've already invested. I could leave my class playing on the computer, pick up a book and sit down and read for the rest of the hour. I mean, the door's shut. No one would ever know. However, I'd know. I continue balancing in Eagle and Crow and finish the seemingly 10-hour class. And it turns out that perseverance is part of a yogi's discipline. Usually after my shower, I sit down at my desk and I start to write. And as I was celebrating the progress that I've made towards working on my book for a few hours every day, I started to grow antsy. The words I was editing were many, way too many. There were 15 pages of them and my mind revolted. I really didn't feel like sifting through the sentences and finding the perfect metaphor and looking up any more synonyms. My computer clock must have stopped because every time I looked at it, it was still two hours before lunch. And um, I tell myself that I have to take something to my writing group in a week and my office door is shut so I could kind of put the book to one side and write something for my group. Or I could sort my radio show guest list or I could go through iPhoto for inspirations for my blog or I could just listen to some music. Heck, who would know? Well... I would know. So I carry on with my wordy manuscript and eventually my sweet spot kicks in and I'm very late for lunch and what I've written is quite good for a first draft and it turns out perseverance is part of conquering writer's block too. And then I go for my walk. I can leave my desk for an hour and I walk for four lovely miles every day and I get out my iPhone to check how long it's been since I left the house. And it's only been five minutes and I think... <gasps> Oh, walks get tedious after 70 or 80 sometimes. And there are only so many photos of flowers and lake views that I can take. And so as I pass the boat dock, I think, hmm, I could just sit and watch the, well, what, nothing go by? I suppose I could watch the world go by, but nothing happens very much here at this very, very quiet little lakeside community. I could take a series of selfies. I could play with a puppy if there was one, but there isn't. And so... I just resume my walk one step at a time because that's the way you're supposed to walk. And before I know it, I'm back where I started with 8,990 steps 
to my credit. And it turns out that perseverance eats up the miles. Perseverance not only enables me to finish my yoga class, work on my book and complete my heart healthy walk, it also allows me to build character and hone my moral skills. My day turned out okay in the end and I learned that this time will pass and soon I'll be living my dream. But let's hold on a moment. I am living my dream at this very moment. But, you know, this week, my energy has been set because allergies hit me really badly. And I usually don't get allergies, but something in the house, a lot of dust or maybe there was black mold. Because every time I went outside, I was fine. But as soon as I came back inside, I sneezed all day long. And it was a total body workout. It hurt my back, my stomach, my throat. And um, I seem to be better. I think you can hear that I'm better. I'm not quite so sniffy as I was. And it's time for me to go on a break. So don't go far. Replenish your drink. And I'll be back with my guest after these messages. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka. And frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things. And are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes. Then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now... These deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest this week, Alison Botke, who has captivated readers and audiences with a mesmerizing tale of hope and healing. Her six-step sanity program is designed to help you set boundaries and take back your life. Alison first came to my attention with her book, Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Children, Harvest House Publishers, in which she talks about the role she played in her dysfunctional adult son's life and how, with God's help, she identified the difference between helping and enabling enabling behavior and the power of tough love. Alison Botke is a best-selling inspirational author and speaker with a powerful testimony of triumph over tragedy and has transparent vulnerability when addressing painful topics, whether in books or on stage. She 
is able to connect with people in a very real and down-to-earth way. Alison is an innovative, risk-taking, entrepreneurial woman whose life changed drastically when she found God to fill the empty place in her heart. She's a frequent guest on national radio and TV programs around the country, including Good Morning Texas, Focus on the Family, CBN.com, The Dr. Laura Show, and today she's with me. Alison, welcome to my show. Oh, Bless your heart. Thank you for having me. I could listen to you talk all day long. Well, thank what, you. A lot of a lot of people have to in my house. <laughs> what a what a just a, a a a pleasant voice and bless you for asking me. I'm I'm excited about this. Well, this is you very know what? I, for me. I'm I'm really excited. I'm absolutely <laughs> honored to have you on my show because I mean, people know all about your books and I've actually got you on my show. So, I mean, it's just great. And um we're not going to specifically obviously be talking about homeschooling, but I think that your message to parents goes, you know, is is all parents, whether we homeschool or not. So that's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on this wonderful message that um, you are you are um, giving to everyone. And especially, I'm, I'm going to talk because I reread um, Setting Boundaries with your adult children. I'd read it several years ago when it first came out and I reread it just recently. Then I gave it away. That's what I always do when I buy when I buy <laughs> books that I love. I end up saying, oh, you have to read this here. You know, and I just give it away. And so I'm going to have to buy another one again and probably just to give away. But anyway, let's get to you. I want to get to you, not talk about me. So as parents, um, Alison, we know um, I, uh, the overlying theme of your book, Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Child, is taking care of yourself. And most parents put themselves last. So this is a new and foreign idea for them. So how do you suggest parents start to put their needs above their child so that the relationship between child and parent begins in a healthy way? Well, I I, I think that it really it's a, it comes down to what is and isn't our responsibility mm-hmm. i think a lot of us you know hear that you know putting myself first and we get that that negative view that it's, that you know we're being selfish and that isn't you know that isn't true mm-hmm. um, we we need to protect our own hearts you know the Bible is very clear about protecting your heart. Uh, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, instead of saying, let's put our, you know, our, ourselves before, it's really keeping our heart in a, in a healthy, safe place and realizing that that is, you know, our responsibility. As, you know, parents, that's our responsibility to nurture and take care of and, and you know, help grow our children you know as well but it's like you know they get to a certain age and it is you know is this my responsibility so it really is looking i think that's that's a big key i I jumped all around there it really is viv look vivian look at listen i call you viv already i've been with you a minute i'm calling you that's all right vivian um it's about you know it really is knowing what is our responsibility Mm -hmm. and what isn't so it really is looking at that and that shifts you know, as our children get older. In my case, it didn't shift very well. <laughs> and in a lot of, you know, parents that have challenging relationships with adult children, we really haven't, you know, shifted from the taking responsibility for their actions. And, you know, that's, that, 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 that opens up a whole other can of worms. Kids have to experience the consequences of their choices 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not going to do that if we're if we're accepting responsibility for those consequences. Um, no, and you know, um, going through empty nest, which is what my husband and I are doing slowly but surely at the moment, because we have four <laughs> children, and and you know, they're sort of leaving one at a time. And I I looked at my husband one day and I said, you know what? I think I'm dealing with empty nest fine. My children just aren't dealing with it very well. They keep calling us. They keep asking us, well, yes, but, you know, my son called me about something silly about how to cook something. And I said to him, aren't the instructions on the box? And he said, yes, but I just wanted to hear you tell me how to do it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, bless his heart. You know, bless his I know, heart. Uh, you know, so, you know, they they also have to understand that, you know, you do have to get out there. You you can't keep on coming back and, and ask, but not all the time. But you, you know what? And that comes and this, is, this brings, brings up a great point. They can come back to you as much as they want. It's how you are going to respond to okay. them. We okay. are in this habit of trying to change other people and that mm-hmm. is saying you know that's a great example you know you shouldn't be you know you, you don't really need to call me all the time you can that's in you know essence telling him he has to change and not call mm-hmm. you all the time when mm-hmm. in reality all you can do is change how you respond to him so when he calls 15 times you know mm-hmm. it's you know it's up to you how you're going to respond each time and how you know how they're going to learn is dependent on in a lot of cases, you know, what they hear from us. So it's a, it's a, it's just a whole yeah. different, you know, it's, it is, it's, but it takes, it takes time. I think it takes time yeah, for sure us to let go and it takes time for them to realize I might be their child, but I'm not a toddler or a child child anymore. I'm now an adult and I have a job and I have my own apartment and, you know, my own responsibilities. So it's a, it's a change for them. And it doesn't happen overnight. No, no, it doesn't, and and they they do look to us, and it's it's hard, and it's very mm-hmm. hard for us to know how to respond to them and when not to you know swoop in and rescue and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. run over but, there and with the mixing bowl and fix it for them, you know. <laughs> yeah, do it themselves, do it do it for them. Yeah. Well, my yeah. husband and I actually we we joke that we left home a couple of years ago to go to England to look after my mum and we literally just left them we left the house so they could live a couple of them lived in the house but um, we just left for a whole year to England and when you've got a time difference like that it's kind of uh, freeing <laughs> because they can't how old constantly were they? How, be there yeah. how old were they? how, how old? oh well um, my they were in their 20s like 25 okay. and 22 and 20 and my, the youngest, 18, came with us because she was going to finish. She was going to do a year of um, theatrical school in London. And um, it, was, it was just interesting. Well, they loved it. They loved it. But we were so far away that it was kind of if something cropped up, like if something didn't work or they had to take their car into the shop or they had a problem, we were too far away to just be there on the doorstep. And, and they, they managed to... Managed yeah. to, you know, survive, didn't they? They did. They did. And Which so is did a we. Blessing. Um, you know, you must have inherently <laughs> trusted them, though. You must have had a level of trust to be able to, to do that. Well, I've, I've got a whole show about what my house looks like when we went home. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that's anyway, a small that was, price that's to pay story. for the 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 independence that they learned, mm-hmm. and 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 the that whole connection, that learning experience of being responsible for the consequences of your choices is mm-hmm. so critical mm-hmm. 
in mm-hmm. life. Yes. I don't care yes. how old you are. Uh, I know, and, and, I know. Just, and that, I think, takes us into tough love. Because when I read your little, um, your, your um, well, I think it was a chapter on tough, tough love, or you mentioned it in one of your chapters, uh, I always thought that tough love was something that you did that affected your children, but it's, it affects us as well. So do you want to talk a little bit about tough well, love? What was is. the toughest love that you had to do? Oh, well, I, I would imagine the, one, the first time that I said no to bailing him out of jail. And that was um, – and then he spent lots of years over, over subsequent years you know, in and out of jail and, and came to realize I was not going to you know, sell everything, take out a loan, find the money to pay for bail or a lawyer. And, and saying no and leaving your child knowing they're in jail or prison is a very – tough thing it, well and that you know what i don't even know if that was the hardest one the hardest one knowing when he was homeless when he was living on the street saying no mm-hmm. you, you know you can't come live with me mm-hmm. it's it, it yeah. breaks your heart as a parent yeah. you know but you know if it's one thing you know to have this happen once or twice it's one thing to you know to help your child but when you know when, when you are that safety net continually and it mm-hmm. you know it's something is not connecting something has to change and that's 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 the hardest thing to to know mm-hmm. so it's that, tough that, on know. them but i think it's tougher on us <laughs> it's tough on both i'm sure in the in the, in the big scheme of things if yeah. you ask him it would be hard yeah. but it, it's very it is very hard for parents it's, yeah. you know it feels it feels you know much better to stop or you know you don't want to experience anybody hurting and you no. don't want to think that you are the cause of it but you have you know that's where we have to change what to change our mindset and mm-hmm. that was the whole insanity of my old mindset was mm-hmm. that you know, I was to blame that I was, you know, it was my fault that, that I felt guilty. You know, we mm-hmm. have a whole lot of guilt as moms <laughs> or mm-hmm. as parents, mm-hmm. you know, that we're mm-hmm. causing a lot of this. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I was not, you know, when I said, no, you can't come live with me, I will not bail you out of jail. It was not my fault he was in jail. No. It was it was a consequence of his actions. And it mm-hmm. was he needed to accept responsibility for what he did. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, you know, I had to stop saying <laughs> Yeah. The reason yeah. he's there is because I didn't bail him out. Well, yeah. no. <laughs> so how did how did other adults around you react to that tough that, love that you were doing? You you probably had support, but you probably had people that thought, "Wow, I don't believe she's doing that." You know, it's on the mixed. Vivian, it really is mixed, it, it, and that's that's the you know with with sanity. The sanity steps there's there's it's an acronym for six steps, and the A is assemble supportive people. So mm-hmm. we do need to have people around us that understand this, that that are supportive, that are encouraging, that you know that help us be objective, because there are going to be people around that cannot wrap their brains around the fact that yeah. you're saying no, you're you're going to leave your child in jail, you're not going to bail them out, mm-hmm. you know, and. And and it's and it is hard, but my you know my job you know comes back down to who am I responsible for? What you know what what is what is God laying on my heart? What am I you know supposed to be doing here? And you can't make everybody happy. No. You can't make no. all these people you know they're going to you know be judgmental or that mm-hmm. don't really understand the situation. You can't make them understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how and I Alice- respond you know to them is what I had to change. You know I. And naysayers, you know, if you're around them and very, very vocal people, you know, there's 
you know, God's going to work on your heart and how you can respond to them as well. Because yeah. yeah. the light shines back on us, Vivian, in dealing with yeah. whether it's adult kids, difficult people, a, a neighbor, a boss, a coworker. I mean, mm-hmm. When our boundaries, you know, we have weak or non-existent boundaries, it's about how we respond Mm-hmm. to these button pushers in our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you've written a series of books about that, and I've got those linked. Well, I've got the link to those books on my website. And, Alison, we need to go on a short break. I'm talking to Alison Bockey, and we're talking about um, our relationship with our children and how we can keep it healthy. And when we get back after the break, we'll be talking about sanity. So stay tuned. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you stuck in a rut, wondering if there's more than a 9 to 5? Do you ever yell out, is this all there is? Then join Alaska Coach Keith's radio show, where we'll focus on transition, career revitalization, and freedom. Keith will discuss tips and tricks for developing and living to our highest potential. It's time we dusted off our dreams and became alive with purpose. Keith will share lessons he's learned from a 20-year study of career engagement, motivation, and personal leadership. He'll interview experts and authors who know both struggle and triumph. You may even get a chance to bring your biggest challenge to the radio for an on-the-spot coaching with Keith. Join Alaska Coach Keith each week. Conceive, believe, achieve. Heard every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central, right here. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Alison, I know that you did not grow up knowing God. So who who brought you to God? God himself. I was in my mid-30s and going through another um, separation from a, a fiancé. I'd had a mm-hmm. series of relationships. I just kept searching for God in things, you know, in, in mm-hmm. material things and relationships in new age spirituality it's one thing after another and i was taking a walk my son it was not quite 18 he was in juvenile detention center he'd been arrested my my fiance just broke up with me i'm out walking took a walk around the block and said mm-hmm. okay now what here i am again you know, and I, I'm walking, and I watched a bunch of people walking into a church in front of me. It was a Wednesday evening. I know it's you know Wednesday. It was a little after seven, because I looked you know on the wall of this church, and it said Wednesday evening service seven thirty, and I walked into this church on legs that were not my own. Mm-hmm. It was the strangest feeling, and I I walked up into an empty balcony and listened to the pastor, and his message that night was for me. Mm-hmm. It was a message about being lost and broken and filling, you know, those mm. empty places mm. with everything except a relationship with Jesus. And I had, that was so foreign to me, mm. so foreign, Vivian. I was, mm. Again, I was 30, you know, in my mid-30s. Yeah. 
you know, so it's like, okay, well, you know what, I've tried everything else, and I was, you know, somewhat irreverent, I'm sure, at the time. It was like, okay, if, you're really, if you're, there really is a God, this is really, you know, you better fix this, because <laughs> I, am, I, I can't fix this anymore. So, so that, that started my walk. I, I called the pastor, met with him the next day, and he, he gave me books, pray with me, talk to me. I, wow. I, it, it, was, it was just, a, now, now things didn't instantly get wonderful oh, with my son okay. at that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was a very different, uh, very different path. Yeah, and I, I think the um, something else that you emphasize in your book is change. You know, you hear the people say that, "Oh, I'll change him" or "I'll change her," and really, the only person you can change is yourself. So that's uh, my next question was going to be: Yes, I'm sure the process was was long. But and I'm sure what God did wasn't quite exactly what you were expecting. Well, that's it, and it's and it still is, you know, a, a long process. That and mm-hmm. I wrote that first book out of with my son. I had no intention of writing a series of books on mm-hmm. setting boundaries. But God was really working in my heart that this was an issue. I I am one of the most severely boundary challenged people I know. So mm-hmm. to be writing this, I you know, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. This this is from a lay person's perspective in dealing with these issues that come up in all seasons of our life. So, mm-hmm. you know, from from this I went to writing about um aging parents, but you know, are more, more toxic parents, not, you know, difficult parents. Um, yeah. And then I went with difficult people. And then I started writing about setting boundaries with food and mm-hmm. setting boundaries for women, very specifically for women. And God just worked in my heart and in my life to look at how you know, intrinsic healthy boundaries are, you know, mm-hmm. or, and how quickly we can, this is the scary thing, how quickly we can revert, you know, back yes. to old yes. habits. And so sanity, sanity works for all of your boundary books. All of them. It's, yes. it's the foundation okay. of all of them. And I think yes. it can work for anybody. We are in, when we are in the insanity, I call that that, that gerbil wheel of insanity, when we're going mm-hmm. around and around and around and things just aren't getting any better, you know, whatever situation it may be, um, we can jump off that gerbil wheel mm-hmm. of insanity and find sanity if we can look at these Six steps, and mm-hmm. that S, the first one is stop. Stop your own negative behavior. We've got to mm-hmm. stop how we're responding, as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to make everybody else stop around us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at ourselves. You say that, and you talk about um, look back at how you were parented and what your family was like, or what your what your oh, I don't know your mentors. I suppose what kinds of friends did they have, and then look at yourself and see okay, it's because that happened over here that I'm over-responding, you know, or over-reacting over here. So it's important to look inside yourself and yeah. get to well, know and yourself. Self, and that self-introspection is it's yeah. very difficult for some people, and yes. you know, especially yeah. if we've gone through a lot of pain that we're trying not to deal with anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we you know we can cover that up, and we have, you know, over the years covered it up by focusing a lot of attention on other things, other people, mm-hmm. other, mm-hmm. you know, hyper-volunteers, you know, those people that you see that say yes to absolutely everything, and, mm-hmm. and you know, they're, and, and they're focused on taking care of everybody else around them except themselves, because it's, it's hard sometimes to really mm-hmm. look at, you know, really unearth what is it that's at the core. And I'm not saying that everybody that has boundary issues has, you know, has violated boundaries somewhere in their past, but for a lot of us, that is the case. Something, somebody has said something, done something, you know, we have, we kind of got off kilter 
somewhere yeah. <laughs> over the course. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and so you said A is assemble your support group, and I think yeah. that's really important because, as you said, it's very easy to you can. It's not easy necessarily to set your boundaries, but it's easy to oh let them go again. And if you're not surrounded by a group of people who are going to support you, exactly. And those or naysayers, of, yeah. Yeah, and it could even be assemble supportive people. For some people, it can be you know a therapist. It can be you know it can be a group of people. It can be you know in in your you know in this the situation that you may be in. Whether it's you know that's the reason why weight loss support groups are so popular. You know and, yeah. and helpful and they work. It's being around other people that have a common goal. So mm-hmm. or if it you know if it's this launching you know adult children or if it's uh, you know, uh, abuse uh, you know substance. Domestic yeah. violence groups being mm-hmm. around. You mm-hmm. know, I'm very pro advocate uh, of counseling. Cr- mm-hmm. A Christian counselor, talk to somebody, get yeah. some, get some help. Sometimes we just yeah. need to, you know, get through this. <laughs> yes, and, and sometimes forward. I think that we don't want to talk about it because we're embarrassed by what's going on, and you go, "Oh, what well, they're going to think I'm a terrible parent or a terrible person." And so, just get beyond that. Exactly. Go find your group. Nip excuses in the bud is N. Okay. <laughs> Making excuses. We all do that. <laughs> it, it, we do. Whether it's our own excuses or, you know, we're, we're excusing somebody else. You know, I, I volunteer at a women's, battered women's shelter. Uh, and, you know, we hear this a lot. Well, he, you know, he didn't really mean to hit me. Well, he, you know, he was just upset. You know, he had a busy, hard day. And yeah. it's like, n- n- no, <laughs> we've got to start identifying the excuses. You know, often excuses is just a way to um, justify negative behavior. Mm-hmm. Whether it's somebody else's or our own, <laughs> you know. So we've got to, yeah. you know, look at negative behavior and stop making excuses for it. And it opens your eyes to who that person really is, oh, which well, you may not want to see. Well, <laughs> in, in many cases, that's it. Because then we then we have to when when we do see it and we are, you know, you know, then challenged to make changes. Then there are consequences from that. It comes back to you know. Mm-hmm. Are we willing to accept the consequences of taking responsibility for, yeah, yeah. you know, for staying in this relationship or for allowing, you know, whatever it is we're allowing to continue? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Especially with your, especially with your children, because you always remember them as those sweet little, little children, and you go, oh, it must, he must still be in there somewhere. Well, and that's, I have a chapter, the Kodak moments. Yes, our kids are not, you know, it's, they're not Kodak kids anymore, and and that's very, very hard to. To really look yeah. at you know really where where they are, yeah. what's happened yeah. in their lives. And, and, and yes, and, and another thing uh, related to that is you could have four children and three of them turn out fine, and one of them, one of them is that that rebel that turn yeah. that does everything exactly. It seems to deliberately say, "Well, this is what mom and dad would want us to do, so I'm going to do that." You know, and you think, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, what happened?" <laughs> well, you know, it, it's really important. I'm sure, and, and in homeschooling, I know you just you've got to work closely with your child's heart, and everybody's heart is different. And you know, the, the whole concept of personalities and character traits. I have learned more and more and more about this over the years. Some, you know, we are born, God made us all unique. You know, you can have four kids, same parents, all four different personality types, all different temperaments. Mm. So it's, you know, it, it, and learning that, we're not taught that in school most of the time. You know, we're not taught the, the different personality types and how, you know, the negative and positives of those types and how, to, you know, how, how to work with them and how they 
learn how, how we learn differently and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so it, it, you know and, that, and that's challenging for us as our, you know, as we grow what what is it about uh, you know our own personality types that makes us respond this way you know it's yeah, you know right. what, what, why am i predisposed to you know to this kind of action <laughs> you know yeah. uh, well and you can look sometimes you look back in your family and go oh that's because aunt edna was like that but it's not okay that's that doesn't make it okay that you're oh, like that no no but it's, it, it is interesting sometimes though because i see some of my my you know sort of mothers and grandmothers traits coming out of my children and there in england they have little or no you know connection with my children and still you know these traits come out one silly really really trite one is my daughter smells plates when she takes them down off the cupboard, out of the cupboard, she smells it, and she can. She said, "Oh, it smells like a um, wet dog," and she has to wash it. And and well, my mother does exactly the same thing, and there's no way that she would have known that. No way. Oh, oh interesting. I just think it's so funny. I just think it's so funny. It's, it's funny how some things like that happen. So yeah. Anyway, so your next I. What's I? I is implement an action plan. Okay. You know, it's said that if you don't aim for something, you'll hit nothing every time. So, so we have to aim for something. And, and that is our written plan. It doesn't mean you need to write a book. It doesn't mean it needs to be an epic tome. You know, just a basic outline. What are your goals? What do you want? Do you want to launch this child? Do you want to help your child become more independent? Do you want to... Uh, get out of a job that is, you know, going nowhere? Do you want to be able to communicate better with a neighbor? Whatever your issue is, write, write down what your goals are. What, is, mm-hmm. what do you want to achieve in finding sanity? Mm-hmm. How you know, do you want to be able to say no with firmness and love instead of mm-hmm. saying yes to everything and then being mm-hmm. really angry about it? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are your plans? Mm-hmm. Really write that out. That's implement an action plan. Okay. It's so critical, again, Vivian, yeah. to really write down what we want to do, what we want to see in a perfect world, and what yeah. what does this mean? Yeah, for and for ourselves too, not just for our child. If our chi- if our children have all left home, we need to think of what do we want as well. Yes. Well, that's it. That's what that's the plan. That is what what mm-hmm. is in implementing a plan. It's not about you know it, them. It's about what you know what we need to do. You know, in in our life. Now, if we're if we if, if part of that is. A plan to, to launch them. You know, if, if, if they're a component of this, um, yeah. you know, this plan is being written. You know, for us, and we may present it because I do talk yeah. about that in the, that in my first book. You know, to present mm-hmm. that to an adult child and say, here, here, I am making changes in how I respond to you. So here, I'm giving you this plan to show you. You know, what 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 I plan to do. I'm you know, I'm no longer going to say this when you do this. I'm no longer going to loan you money. You know, in four weeks, I will stop making your car payment. And, you know, th- mm-hmm. those kind of things, you know, yeah. that kind of a yeah. plan we do share with them, but it's it's primarily written for us. For <laughs> us, know, to, yes. Do we want to spend us. the rest of our lives financing our children when we're oh. looking towards retirement and maybe having a fixed income and not having enough money and, you know, That's all a that, huge so. issue. Huge yeah. issue. Yeah. Parents going into massive debt and yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Alison, we have to go on a short break. Can you come back for about five more minutes? We'll finish up Sanity and then tell everyone where they can go and find you. I can. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll be thank back you. in just a moment.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do. In love, life, and business, she is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. All right, we're at T, Insanity, which is trust your instincts. Now, okay, I was going to say, though, did did you trust your instincts initially? No, I didn't. And since that first since that first book, I have really been very convicted to change that subtly to not even subtly. It's pretty strong. Trust the voice of the spirit. So, okay. you know, it, it, I didn't trust, you know, and, and yet I heard many times and we do. It, there was a, that voice that, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, Allison. This is not a good idea. This is not a good choice. And I continually ignored it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the more we, you know, it, I really challenge people in all of my Setting Boundaries books to come back to the core of of protecting our heart and who we are, and that is in learning more about biblical truth, learning more about God's Word, and, and, and praying more for wisdom and discernment to make choices that are God honoring. You know, so so if we're praying about this and we're asking and we're in the word and we're praying, okay, God help me let me give me wisdom and discernment. Help me make better choices because I really, you know, don't have a clear vision of this. If we don't stop long enough, the S and sanity stop, we don't stop and listen and trust him to talk to us. And that's mm-hmm. and he does in our spirit. Mm-hmm. That that voice 
we need to trust that voice of the Spirit. Listen, listen for those times when when He responds and answers our prayers and gives us guidance and direction. Uh, and it's intentional, Vivian. We really need, you know, that the whole walk of faith is a very intentional. It should be very intentional, uh, and you know, the more intentional we make it and look at these issues, and the more we pray about this, the more God will talk to us, um, yeah, and we need to yeah. trust that, trust that voice of the Spirit. Yeah, and again, the there's the courage when you're, when you're dealing with your children and you instinctively oh. feel that there's something not quite right, maybe in their behavior or maybe the friends that they're not bringing home when they used to bring friends home, and then you've got to acknowledge and do something about it you know sometimes it's easier to ignore it but with your children hopefully as a parent you're responsible enough not to ignore that um and this is what you're talking about here is this um you know not only do you trust that but you you really need to do something about it too. well and that's it if, if, and if, if in reality if, if that is your responsibility you know if they are under your roof and and they there's illegal activity or there's drug addiction or there's mm-hmm. something that's hurting themselves mm-hmm. you do have to take a step and what does that look like and what are the consequences mm-hmm. of that that's part of that implementing a plan writing it out talking to your support group talking to objective people you know what what do i need to do here is the answer really going into debt and putting them in rehab again, you know, mm-hmm. if, they, if they really don't want this, you know, what mm-hmm. is, what really is yeah. the answer to, yeah. to this? Um, yeah. Yes. It, and then we've got yield everything to God. So. And that is the why, that's the, the final step in sanity. It's, there's, you know, it, it's not that we we lose all control because I really talk to a lot of to women, you know, it's, it's, you know, being in control is not the same as being controlling. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and God wants us to be in control of our lives and our faith walk. He wants us to trust Him, but He has given us the power of free will. You know, and, and He's given us the ability to make choices and to and you know, hopefully make those choices in a God honoring way, in a way mm-hmm. that is um kind and loving, you know, but you know, that has, you know, ethics and values and integrity and you know and and trusting that he is in control of the big picture. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. a combination of, you know, when we yield everything to God, it's trusting that he is in control and that we, you know, we're we're making steps that that he wants us to, you know, to take that we that you yeah. know, we're we're going to the doors he's opening for us to go through uh, and that we feel very convicted to make these steps. And, and that's, that's a key when we're changing any kind of relationships like this and making some you know, drastic changes in holding people accountable when we haven't in the past. Um, we really need to be very sure that, that, that we're convicted that this is what you know, God wants us to do, mm-hmm. not to say yes when he wants to get bailed out of jail again. You, know, you need to be sure about this, you know, to yeah. know, you know that, uh, that you're walking in the right will. You know, that you're yeah, walking in because yeah. there's nowhere in the Bible that it says you come to you know your kids rescue and jump in and try to fix everything. I I no. can't find that in any of my versions. <laughs> so. No, no, that's right. You're so, right. And and by yielding to God, everything to God, a certain amount of peace occurs. And I think uh, I think you can recognize that. You know when that happens. Absolutely, absolutely, and and peace is peace is a key thing that lacks in, in, a, in a relationship or in a family dynamic when 
boundaries have been violated. And when yeah. someone allows that to happen, you lose yeah. that kind of peace. You get caught up in the drama, chaos, and crisis. And that yeah. clearly is not how God intends us to live. No, that's right. That's right. And, you know, there are so many times when I think, I am so glad that I have my life. I'm, I'm where God wants me to be, and I'm, I'm pleased with my life. I wouldn't want my child's life, you know, sometimes. And I look at my child and I think, you know, that's my child's life. This is my life. I'm happy with my life. And one day my child will get there. But they've got to, they've got to work hard like I did to get where I am. So, yes, Well, and, and, and you know what? I, I could, you know, they really don't. They don't have to if they don't want to. And that's and that's and that's where I keep I keep, I have to keep saying that because I keep I I I know I want my son to you know I keep saying you've got to do this you know to know, get to I here you got and but you know what I can't say that because no, no it's, it's hard, hard you know no you they don't want your life sometimes my daughter says but I'm not you mum you know because yeah. I say well if I was you I should say she'll say but you know I'm not I'm not you and it's not that she's making terrible choices she's just making her own choice. You know, so. Well, anyway. and that's again changing sometimes just how we how we see this whole big picture, you know, mm-hmm. and, it's, and mm-hmm. it's asking God to change us, you know, shine mm-hmm. a different light on me, you know, God, open my open the eyes of my heart, Lord, to show me yeah. where maybe everything she's choosing or or my son is choosing yeah. is exactly where you want them to be, and you yeah. know, it's yeah. <laughs> I need to step back and. Just praise your name, and hopefully you'll show me what I need to do, you know, next. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I know. Well, it's a daily Allison, step, Vivian. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and you know, we've come to the end of our time, and not even half my questions on my page. But I tell you what, everybody out there, go to Alison Botkey. Dot com and you'll find out everything that Allison is doing and, and where she's speaking. And then if you go to her settingboundariesbooks.com, you can find her whole series of the Setting Boundaries books. There's a new one coming out, I believe, for young There is in July for teens, girls. for teen girls. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for writing that because our, our teenage girls and mums who are homeschoolers of our teenage girls need those kinds of, of books to um, read with our children and or, or read so that we can, you know, be be wise parents. So thank you so much for writing that, and I look forward to seeing that one too. And I have all of that linked on my show page, and I also have it linked on my website. So go find Alison and, and find out more about this wonderful woman that I've been talking to today, a best-selling, inspirational author and speaker with such a powerful testimony of triumph over tragedy um allison is able to connect with people in a very real and down-to-earth way as you heard today her international outreach includes 29 published non-fiction and fiction books so the boundaries series is not just what allison writes she writes all kinds of books so go find her other books i know you enjoyed listening to allison this afternoon talk about how her life changed drastically when she found god to fill the empty place in her heart and i hope you were encouraged by her to take back your life by starting on the road to setting boundaries for yourself if you are in an insane life that you you, do, you don't think has any kind of stability or sanity. It's been an absolute pleasure, Alison. Thank you so much for joining me and lifting up our hearts. You have a lovely weekend. Thank you, Vivian. You as well. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I do talk about empty nest a lot. 
And um, now after rereading Alison's book and talking to her about setting boundaries with your adult children, and I think I might go in and look at a couple of others, I realized once again that our children are on loan to us. They're not ours. They just, they belong to God. We're their guardians for the first few years of their lives, after which they are prepared, equipped, and raring to go it alone. At least that's what we all hope. And in truth, society today, I think, feeds us with the lie that we should be helping our children more than we should. I have conversations with my peers, and we all have the same story about how our own departure from the nest looked like. Once I left home, that was it. I didn't want to go back. My parents didn't want me back. I had to find my own way. Is it different today? Well, I think I struggle just as much to pay my rent and balance my budget as young people do now. So why do we feel the burden to help them at every turn to think, gosh, it's all right to pay for this or that. They work hard. It's just an expensive world out there. Perhaps it is an expensive world, but if they separate the needs from the wants, they may stand a better chance. And of course, there are more temptations, more spending opportunities that make life on a shoestring less attractive. That's that. There's that TV commercial telling our young ones that a fancy new car is the only way to go, that eating out has all kinds of social possibilities, wearing the latest design is a must if you want a particular lifestyle, and so on and so forth. And um, sometimes maybe our children leave home expecting to go it alone with exactly the same um, house setup that they left their parents with. But, you know, they need to work at it. So we need to let them and let God work in their lives. And that's it for another week. Once again, I'm astounded by the rapid passing of time, except when you're doing something like packing a box with China. Boring. And we're off to Stations of the Cross outside again this week, if the rain holds out for the final time up here. I'll be taking my last walks and we'll be packing, driving, unpacking, driving and repeat a few times this weekend. So pray for us. Thank you so much for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back same time, not the same place, in a different place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my producer, Sabrina. Thank you, Sabrina. My guest this week, Alison Botke. Go find her books, Go read them. There are lots of different ones, not just the boundaries. And you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned to Tokenet all the time and catch lots of great shoes to, shows or shoes to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, 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 Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney.